everyone. Welcome to HubShot's episode 196. In this episode, we chat about HubSpot's Not Another State of Marketing report, plus tweaks to blog SEO and how to get free Moz SEO training. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot-focused podcast where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, and strategies for growing your sales and marketing results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Belly from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Well, happy and healthy, I'm happy to say, but wow, what a change it is in just a short week. And you know, earlier this afternoon, I was just listening back to one of our episodes, the most recent one, because it just went um, live or it had just been published. And I thought, oh, I'll just listen to it, make sure it's okay, as I normally do. And what we talked about then in the coronavirus, I'm like, oh man, that that sounds like months ago. Yes. It's just changed so rapidly. And so even as people hear this episode in a week's time, I'm sure it will have changed even more drastically. It's just amazing what's going on. But uh, I hope you're well and happy as well. I am. Thank you, Craig. And thankfully, all of our clients and family and people we deal with are happy, which is really good. So... Mm, that's good. By the way, a shout out to Kayla for listening and sending me some very kind words. Thanks for that. Much appreciated. Listeners, thank you for connecting with Craig and myself. And for those that haven't, please connect with us on LinkedIn and put a quick note that you do listen so we don't uh, put you into that box where everyone's marketing to us. <laughs> and we love to hear from you guys. And we hope to hear many great stories on the other side of what's going on now and to be a part of that journey. All right, Craig, so what's the HubSpot marketing feature of the week? This is just a little feature. It's an update to the blogs functionality. So this is for the SEO nerds. So previously you'd have a blog post title and HubSpot would use that as the page title. I'll explain the difference in a second. But now they've added the ability to tailor each. So if you go into a blog post and you're in the settings, you can actually set the blog title, which is what you normally would have done. And so I've got a screenshot where we would have the blog title of a previous HubShots episode. Now that's what appears at the top of the page, but now you can also set the page title, which is what appears in the browser tab and is also what Google uses when it's indexing your site. So previously they'd both be the same, but now you can actually craft your title for the browser tab and for Google and have a separate one for the actual top of the blog post. So most people will be listening to this going, I really don't care and that's fine. Uh, just keep on keeping, keeping on. on as you did. But for, but for the SEO nerds, um, this is a nice little feature which um, we do take advantage of. Absolutely. Now, a HubSpot sales feature of the week, Craig, and that is in response to the current social and economic climate that we're living in, HubSpot have actually added more free tools this suite. Now, I will say this is just for the first 90 days. They're doing this because they're saying businesses are finding themselves in a position of having to move whole portions of their operation online. So for help people adapt, they're making meetings, quotes, e-signatures, and one-on-one video creation tools completely free for 90 days from activation. Look, I think that's really good. Um, I'm gonna talk about that in the HubSpot Gotcha of the Week a bit later. In some ways, it's, it's a great feature, but I wish they called it 90-day trial. And so, you you know, you you sign up for trials on software and if they just said, oh, you know, instead of 14-day trial, you're getting 90-day trial, I think that's better. But this, otherwise, it feels like it's... A bit misleading. A lot of people are doing this. Yeah. It's a little bit disingenuous. It's kind of like we're doing this due to the current crisis. It's like, no, we're just trying to lock you in and get you, you know, hooked on the product and then you're going to have to upgrade. And I find that a little bit 
a little bit unsavory, but lots of people are doing it, and I guess it's going to work, and it's a land grab at the moment, so That's I totally right. understand. And you've got a bonus, Craig, about now you can merge deals in HubSpot. So Yeah, just quietly slipped that one in um, HubSpot, so you can merge deals, similar to how you merge, merge contacts and other things as well. So this is these incremental changes they put in, you know, there's just like one, oh, yeah, we'll just tweak this, tweak this, it goes out, so it's really nice. All right, on to our HubSpot Extra of the Week, Craig, and this is to trigger workflows based off contact properties changing. I'll explain the context for this. I wanted to be able to trigger a workflow on a contact property changing and also on a company field changing as well. And in this particular scenario, we, we use teamwork. And so against clients, we like to record the teamwork project URL. So if anyone's in... HubSpot and account manager looking at a contact, oh, they quickly want to jump over to Teamwork. So what I wanted to do was, well, we'll just update that on one contact. I want that to update on all the com- on the company the contact's in and for then from the company to update it on all the contacts on the uh, company. But then what I wanted is, well, what's if we change that URL or put another project that's top of mind? I wanted it to then go and do all the others. So I was looking and it turns out it's actually surprisingly simple. How do you trigger when there's a field? How do you trigger a workflow when the the property actually changes? It's already there, but it changes. And it's not intuitive, but the way it is, is you have re-enrollment enabled when you use the is known criteria. So a property, if you do the criteria filter and you go is known, and that will actually trigger again if the property changes. In fact, anytime that property changes, the is known trigger triggers again. So then you just enable re-enrollment. So it's quite good. However, there's one little gotcha, which is if you completely clean it out, make it blank, it gets rid of it. So I know we've cha- we've talked about this before on the show, but I just wanted to mention again and set some context around it because it's actually saving us a lot of time. And it's one of those things as you get more advanced in your journey with HubSpot and you're doing more things with workflows, these are the kind of little nuggets that you will find that will make a massive difference to changing the way you operate. So I encourage you to look at that. Now, Craig, let's get on to our HubSpot gotcha of the week. And this is about signing up for something for free for 90 days and then having to upgrade it. Like, that's just bollocks. Well, you've just talked about it previously in shot three, so I've alluded to this. But yeah, I'm sort of doing it. Um, The one I noticed was Google um, was offering us Hangouts or the enterprise version of Hangouts for it. And like, there's all these little mini upgrades and it's kind of like, okay, well, that's good, but in the end of May or whenever they've set, it kind of disappears again. So you kind of get used to a a product or a feature and then it goes away. So, and that might be fine. Maybe it's worth the money when you upgrade, but I'm labeling it here as a gotcha because it's given to you or made available in your account. It's almost like you don't opt in in some ways. It's made available. You get used to it and then you're caught. And I, and that's why I call it a gotcha. And lots of companies are doing it. And, and the thing that I don't like, it's under the guise of we're helping you out in these hard times. And I, I feel it's, no, you're just helping out your your pipeline. I, I kind of read it and I had this feeling of, oh, that's not really free. It's really a trial for 90 days. Yeah, it's a trial. And just call it a trial. We're extending our trial from 14 days to 90 days or 30 days from to 90 days. That's fine. And put a thing that your trial will expire and whatever, give it all the trial, normal trial experience. I think it's much better. 
Now, I do have a bonus gotcha, which is at this time of all times, the HubSpot Zoom integration is not working. And that is very sad, okay, Craig, so considering we're all trying to use <laughs> Zoom webinar. This is Zoom webinars. I'm trying to get the whole webinar piece going. And by the way, I don't think this is a problem with HubSpot. I think this is on Zoom's end. And yeah, you just can't have those triggers in place for things. So that's bad timing. But you know what? I take my hat off to Zoom. I have had, uh, I would like, I've introduced it to family. I've introduced it to church. I mean, I'm using it pretty much every day. It's like a core app that we've been using. It's so good. You know what? To be honest, given what is going on currently and where we are, I have not had a failure of Zoom on any exactly. on anything and you know I, I think even this morning i was on a business connect like we usually have it on a thursday morning and we'll usually get about 20 people in a room in a location we had over 150 people online on that meeting and i was like wow and then this was like all of australia and i was like man this is really good and it worked perfectly so i take my hats off to those guys i i totally agree zoom very very impressive all right, now on to our marketing tip of the week, Craig, and there is a bunch of training that has become free, always in very low cost in the current climate. And my advice to you is be diligent with the training that is available because, I mean, I guess we're very used to great training from Academy, from Moz, from lots of these really well-established businesses. And I think one of the things you can happen here is you can go and go, I'm going to sign up for all of this stuff, right? And you just get overwhelmed with stuff. And I want to encourage you guys to stay focused. So work out what is the end in mind. So, you know, if your team needs upskilling in sales, then go and find relevant sales training. That is, that is really good. If it's marketing, I'd recommend HubSpot or we've got uh, Moz making their academy free for the next few months. Those are really good places to go. But what I would say is be very intentional. Use the time wisely that you have and be intentional so you can get an outcome that you want. Don't do anything and everything. I think that's good advice. You can get overwhelmed and then it's sort of like analysis paralysis, so many things to go into and look at. But uh, I do want to call out the Moz one. Uh, we've got the link there, academy.moz.com. can go there. They have the instructions there. You just have to put in a coupon code and you can get most of their courses for free. These are all paid courses, by the way. Uh, so we signed up for that this morning because Moz's stuff is excellent. And I think you can't go wrong on the marketing side if you go through the HubSpot Academy, which of course is free all the time, just use it all the time. It's fantastic. Get something like Moz Academy as well. And then combined with a few other uh, courses from Udemy, uh, I think you're pretty set. That'll cover most of your marketing pieces that you need, especially from an implementation and technical point of view, perhaps not so much strategically, but yeah, get into these. Now's the time for learning. Now into our inside of the week, Craig. Okay, I'm going to have a bit of a whinge here. Um, I don't know if this is an insight or more of a whinge of the week. But have you seen these pricing pages where they say $59 per month and then underneath in small letters, if paid annually? And then you go, oh, okay, well, what's the monthly price? There's no monthly price. In fact, there's no monthly option at all. You can only pay annually. Mm. And yet they put this monthly price and it infuriates me. It's very misleading because you cannot pay monthly. Now, when they have a price that's, say, $70 per month, $59 per month if paid annually, fine with that. Pay, you know, 
pay for the whole year and get a discount. I'm, I'm totally fine with that. But when there's only that monthly price if paid annually and it's the only option, it's bad. Please stop this. I'm seeing it more and more. Just stop it. You're right. And I think it's like we've discussed on many episodes, Craig, is about being real with people, being transparent, just telling them as it is. Don't try and hide behind all of these. We'll make it a, a monthly figure, then charge them for a year. It's annoying because you know what? It's not the experience you're expecting to have when you get out the other end. All right, Craig, now our business inside of the week. Now, I wanted to talk about this because this is a common question we've been asked in terms of why I am very aware of this is I, my background is I came from working in a bank in, at Macquarie Bank in, in Australia. And I was actually on the business continuity team and disaster recovery. And we used to run tests for these things. Now people are like, what on earth is going on, right? What is this? Basically we used to simulate if we lost the whole building and all of these systems had to come back up tomorrow, where would people go? What would people use? Where would they sit? What systems would you bring up first? You know, basically how do we operate if we had obliterated half our business? So that worked into the business continuity and the disaster recovery and how we planned for that. So who would come in, who would not come in, where would people remotely work from? And these are the scenarios we used to run. And we used to go, oh, that's never going to happen, <laughs> you know. And here we are sitting down today. If you haven't worked out your business continuity and you haven't worked out how your business is going to run, this is a really key aspect. And I highlight this because in HubSpot's response, they talk about this, which is actually really good. And I wanted to say what they have actually highlighted. So business continuity and disaster recovery plans focuses both on the prevention of the outage through redundancy of telecommunications systems and business operations on a rapid recovery strategy in the event of an availability or performance issue. Whenever a customer impacting situation occurs, HubSpot goes to quickly and transparently isolate and address the issue. Identified issues are published on HubSpot status site, which is on status.hubspot.com, and are subsequently updated until the issue is resolved. And you can go and learn more, and HubSpot has a security overview, which I've been asked for a few times recently, and they've got a whole document about how they have put together their security and how it's all monitored, etc. This is really important. Like We're living in times where these things are going to be more and more coming to the forefront of conversations with people, even in your own business. I know for a fact, I always ask people when they've got desktops sitting on, in their offices and they've got fixed connections, they've got phones on their desks. I said, tomorrow, if the power went out, you guys would not be working. I said, like, what's your business continuity plan to keep working? Like, what does that look like? Does it mean we use mobile data? You know, we pick this up, we connect our laptops. Does the phone, do the phones work? Do, can we access our email? Can we access the systems that we need to use? Or is everything sitting in a cupboard behind here and everything gets shut down? Like this, these are really important things. And I encourage people to look at it. This is such a good time. We are in a situation where a lot of businesses would have had to think about this on the go in the last couple of weeks. But think about yourselves as businesses. What have you done to take the necessary steps to be have business continuity and to have recovery in the event of a disaster taking place? 
I think that's a really good point. And the, what, the thing I like at the end is they've got their security overview as well. I tell you what's going to be important about a month's time is when all these people that have gone to work from home, this whole remote process, it's been rolled out urgently. The security protocols haven't been in place and we're going to see massive scale hacking going on from all these remote workers. I'm very afraid of this. We're actually looking at internally just in our small team about how do we really beef up our security because it will there'll be attack vectors everywhere and it's going to be a bit of a free-for-all. So I'm very concerned about that. So I am glad to see that in your notes here about HubSpot's um, security overview on that point. But I think it's worth highlighting that to listeners and just locking down. So what we're actually doing, one of the key things we're doing is we're putting two-factor authentication on everything. HubSpot has two-factor authentication, putting that on just about every tool that we use in order to protect, you know, at least some part, that kind of access. But it's, it's a really important piece. Now, Craig, this is a really good segue into understanding what two-factor authentication is because people would often see it in possibly in their HubSpot accounts or being able to enable it. And you might see a little shield that appears next to a person's name if you are able to see users. Why is it important? Yeah, it's an extra layer. It's not foolproof itself. But at its simplest, it might be mean. Here's an example scenario. You log into HubSpot. But before it allows you through, it sends a code to your mobile. So it might be a text message or probably more ideally, you've got the Google Authenticator app or the LastPass Authenticator app and you're getting a code to enter in. So it just means you have to in some way have proven that you're the person that's logging in through your mobile device. Okay, so that's an extra layer. It's not foolproof, but it's... It's kind of like they'll go, hackers are going to go for the easiest pickings first. So it just um, gives you a little bit of extra protection. It does raise other issues. What's if you lose your phone, et cetera, or that kind of stuff. But usually they're catered for in those uh, two-factor authentication protocols. Excellent. Now, Craig, what was HubSpot announcing 12 months ago in our throwback of the week? I just thought this was interesting. They were announcing a new feature where you can add multiple Shopify stores into your HubSpot portal. Previously, it had been one. Then you can do multiple. I've got a screenshot of ours. We've got one connected. But then I was thinking, the reason I highlighted this is because have you seen anything from HubSpot lately about what they've got on their e-commerce strategy? It's almost like they've neglected it. And in fact, they've reduced some of the Shopify integration pieces into the product libraries and things like that. So... I don't know what they're doing. It's like they've just forgotten about e-commerce. In saying that, they brought the buy button out if you've got sales professional and sales enterprise. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) And maybe that's fulfilling a need for people that are using HubSpot currently. So maybe that's the reason. Now, our resource of the week, Craig, is the Not Another State of Marketing Report by HubSpot. And we touched on this last week in terms of the form Oh, I think the week before, in terms of this funky new form that they're testing out, you know, I would encourage everyone to just get the report, even if it's for no reason than to see Kip's jumper. Did you agree, Greg? That's right. You've got to see, I, I totally agree. You've got to see a photo of Kip's jumper in there. So let's go through this quickly because we're coming up to time because there's a whole bunch of sections in the report. But We'll pick um, a section each week. Just, yeah, we'll do a section each week and we're just going to chat about their state of social media 
marketing and um you've pulled out a few interesting graphs here you yeah quickly so i'm going to talk you through the first one which is says which social media platforms do companies invest in now it says that facebook instagram and twitter lead the pack and most commonly use social media platforms by marketers i thought it was interesting to compare that to when they said and which social media channels do you get the most roi from that's right facebook far overwhelmingly more than any other followed by instagram and twitter what was really interesting we have pinterest and snapchat scratching the ground there and youtube and linkedin not far off that i bet a lot of that's because they're not measuring it properly so you know people we've talked about this on a show actually probably a year ago now how we're using pinterest to build remarketing audiences So it doesn't really drive ROI directly, but it builds remarketing audiences. And so then from those, that remarketing, it pushes through, right? But I wonder if people are measuring this correctly. Like if they're investing so much in Pinterest, but getting no ROI from it, why are they doing it? It's interesting. Well, I guess we don't get those kinds of insights from this report, but it's just interesting. It's, I guess it's just a snapshot of behaviors from people who bothered to answer respond to the survey Correct. which skews it you know and this is from hubspot's global research survey in november and december 2019 so these this is where these numbers are coming from i think they uh, uh surveyed 3400 agencies Correct. so reasonably large sample size yeah now i thought another one people were going well that's great but how often do businesses post on social media and the most common publishing cadence on social media was three to four times a week that was probably the largest, but the next most evenly spread was one to two, five to six, seven to nine, and 12 plus times, which was rather interesting in terms of the percentage of people that did that. So I guess what would be the next thing from here is that based on the amount of posts that they're making, what sort of return are they getting on social based on the posting frequency? That's interesting, isn't it? It's, it seems higher than it has been in previous years. Hey, I, I'll just go, I'll just go back. You know those previous charts we're looking at social channels, and then Tumblr was in there. I don't I don't see TikTok in there, Ian. No, you know what? I any was... any money they report next year just be TikTok, TikTok everywhere. Well, Snapchat's <laughs> scratching the bottom, so you know. Yeah. That'll be off the right. report next year. All right, Craig, on to our quote of the week, and this is from John C. Maxwell. And it says, everyone has the potential to become an encourager. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be a genius. You don't have to have it all together. All you have to do is care about the people and initiate. Now, Craig, what's a bonus you've got for us? Oh, just one of the product updates about control file visibility. I'll just pop that in there. I might talk about it next episode. Excellent. Well, listeners, thank you for listening to this episode, episode 196 of HubShots. We hope that you have enjoyed this and we hope you are all safe wherever you are and we hope your families are safe and we hope that your businesses are getting through this period. If there is in any way that Craig or myself or our community can help you, we will. So please reach out to us via LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook and let us know. We'd be more than happy to help you guys. Well, Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.